May 4th, 2023, we're in Masechet Berachot on Daftet Vav Amudbet in the wide lines. If you count down 14 lines, four words onto the line, the Gemara begins with these words, Amarav Yosef. Now the context of the Gemara is the final wrap-up on the issue that we've been discussing the last two classes or so with regards to a person who reads Kiryat Shema but doesn't hear it as he or she are reading it. Do they fulfill the mitzvah or not? We saw several opinions in Tanaim. Ultimately speaking, we had a conclusion in the context of Kiryat Shema. We read it even from Shohan Aruch that the halakha is like Rabbi Azar ben Azariah. And the statement in turn of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Azar ben Azariah, is that ideally, person who reads Kiryat Shema needs to be mashmi'at letoch oznav, needs to hear that which they're reading. However, bidi'avad, in an unideal, it's already done, you fulfilled the mitzvah. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef reacting to this conversation, states, mahloket b'kiryat Shema. That mahloket, that dispute between Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Azar ben Azariah, Rabbi Meir, all those different opinions is specifically relevant to the mitzvah of Kiryat Shema, whether you hear it or not. Aval bisha'ar mitzvot, but when it comes to all the other mitzvot, everybody would agree, even Rabbi Yehuda, even Rabbi Meir, that you do not fulfill your mitzvah if you didn't hear it. Dichtiv hasket ushma Yisrael. Understand this pasuk of of silence yourself and listen carefully, Israel, as a reference to all other mitzvot, which are tuluyot bidibur, where you need to speak, that if you don't hear it, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. Tosafot, dibur ha-matahil bishar mitzvot, points out, this runs counter to everything we learned earlier. Earlier we learned about terumah and the beracha and the terumah. Earlier we talked about one or two other circumstances where we were dealing with mitzvot atiluyot b'dibur, and we included it in the conversation, in the mahlok, and in the dispute and conversation about these matters. Over here the statement is, all other mitzvot are more severe. Metive, we have a question from a beraita. lo yevarech adam berkatamazon belibo vim berech yasa. Right, explicitly the beraita says, we learned this one already, that in berkatamazon, ideally, you should be hearing that what you're reading. But if you didn't, you fulfilled it. So one second, Rav Yosef, I don't understand how to uphold your opinion. This does seem consistent with the conversation we had by Kiryat Shema, but according to your claim that when it comes to other mitzvot, everybody agrees you must at all costs here. Well, then how are you, Yosef? Says the Gemara, rather, the statement of Rav Yosef must have been said differently. If it was indeed said, it perhaps or certainly was said as follows: Amar of Yosef, Mahloke b'Kriyat Shema, Tichtiv Shema Yisrael. The Mahloke, the dispute amongst the Tanaim, the rabbis from Mishnah Beraita, is specifically and only by Kriyat Shema. Aval b'Shar Misvot, Divrei Hakol Yasa. Even Rabbi Yosef, he's arguing, would agree that when it comes to Sha'ar Misvot, when it comes to Terumah, when it comes to Bekat Amazon, uh, you fulfill your mitzvah even if you don't hear it. Whereas by Kriyat Shema, according to some, like Rabbi Yosef, you don't fulfill it if you didn't hear it. When it comes to Sha'ar Mitzvot, Yasa, the Hakitif. the exact opposite. Yes, it's the opposite of the, the first rendition, which is not so crazy because, again, we're dealing with Torah Shba'al We have some sort of tradition that Rav Yosef distinguished between Kiryat Shema and other mitzvot. We don't know exactly what was said. We thought it was that. It makes sense logically, certainly, and it makes sense based on our evidence as well. The Hakitiv, wait a second, what about the Pasuk that you cited earlier, Hasketu Shema Yisrael, which seemingly was that we were deriving from that 
Rav Yosef explained to us, that by all mitzvot Shema Israel is an absolute necessity to listen to every word that's uttered. Answers the Gemara, Hahu bedivre Torah ketiv. Answers the Gemara, that is not a reference to mitzvot, hateluyot bedibur, to berachot and matters of that sort, but it's rather bedivre Torah. Uh, what does that mean? Well, Rashi cites from the Gemara and Samech Gimal, which is Doresh from this Pasuk. It reads the word hasket as as, like ase, make, cut, broken. You're supposed to almost break yourself on the words of Torah. You're supposed to dedicate yourself entirely and fully. So it's a derasha, hasketu shema Yisrael. It's not per se about hearing something. It's about breaking yourself down to dedicate yourself to Torah. That has nothing to do in turn with berachot and tefilot, hatiluyot bedibur, in which we speak and hearing. And as a result, that's how we end this matter. Uh, the halakha ma'aseh on this matter uh, is, uh, as we mentioned last time, that by keriyat shema lechatechila, ideally, you mashmi'a letochoz nav, lo hishmi'a yasa, even by sha'ar misvot, Everybody agrees, even Rabbi Yoseh, who maintained that Kriyat Shema, you wouldn't even fulfill. By Sha'ar Mitzvot, everyone agrees it's the identical law with regards to the Halakha Ma'aseh. Ideally, you hear it. If not, you fulfill. Says the Gemara, Kara velo diktek These were the words onward in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, if you read Kriyat Shema, but you didn't appropriately pronounce every letter, Amar bitaveh, this is a fascinating statement. If you recall in our Mishnah, we had two mahlokot. First mahlokot, first dispute was the one that we've been debating the last few days. That is, if you didn't hear it appropriately. So, first and foremost, mahlokot between Rabbi Yosei and Rabbi Yehuda. Then we had Whereas Rabbi Yosei was first stringent on if you didn't hear it. On this issue, he says, Yasa, you fulfilled it. Rabbi Yehuda, who was first lenient on if you didn't hear it, on he's stringent. He says, Lo Yatsa. You'd imagine it would stand to certain reason that you have to pick one opinion. You're either Rabbi Yosei and you're stringent on one and lenient on the other, or you're like Rabbi Yehuda and you're lenient on the first and stringent on the other. The statement instead here in the Gemara is, We go on the first mahluk like Rabbi Yehuda, lekula, and the second one like Rabbi Yosei, lekula. Now that we're citing in the name of Rabbi Taveh, who cited in turn by from Rabbi Yoshia, we have a derasha. The derasha has nothing to do with what we've been discussing, other than same, same name, same rabbis discussing and debating, quoting this. My dichtiv, what does it mean when the pasuk says in Mishle, shalosh henna lotisba'ana, dat dat sheol ve'oser rahem. So the pasuk in its most literal and simple sense is describing realities of uh, human beings. There are many things in life, in human life, that will appear as if there's no end. They're never satisfied. Among them are Sheol, that's burial place, says Rashim Kivura. Uh, ground seems to always accept bodies. People will always be dying. Nobody will live forever. And Oseh Rahem is a reference to the womb of a woman. In other words, there's always going to be the will of human beings to procreate, to have relations one with the other. So the Pasuk, to a certain extent, is describing existence. There's always going to be drives. There are always going to be things that are reality. But instead of just reading it in that respect, the fact that these two items, burial and procreation and relations are placed one next to the other, 
Well, it gives us a certain musar. Why is it that burial places, makom kivura, is mentioned in the same context as uh, the rechem, the womb of a woman? Uh, the same way that uh, um, a woman's womb, to a certain extent, has entrance and exit, uh, uh, becomes inseminated, and in turn a baby comes out, uh, so too the ground has something that goes into it, a body after the death, and has the body come forth from it. So the dirasha is to a certain extent, it's a dirasha for tehiyat ha-metim. Uh, whereas you might imagine there's burial into the ground and the body's there forever to disintegrate, instead we understand it as, uh, as likening it to the rechem of a woman, which brings forth future growth, which brings forth something that will be spit out of it. Can we perhaps learn even further logically to derive from the rechem a certain reality with regard the resurrection of the dead. With regards to relation of male and female, it's Bahashai. It begins the entrance in a private fashion, in a quiet place. As a matter of fact, we have halachot with regards to tziniut for relations between husband and wife. It's quiet, with the lights dimmed, without other people being present. The birth, however, the baby comes out and is crying and people are talking about it and it's public news and it's being posted on uh, social media. It's bekole kolot, it's all exciting and everybody knows about it. Sheol, can you imagine? <coughs> liken it in turn to death, to burial. Shemachnisim kole kolot, the beginning, the entrance is not like relations. Everybody Everybody's crying, everybody's wailing, everybody's weeping and feeling bad and speaking about the person who passed away. In Odin, can you not say Kalvahomer is in it standing to reason? Shemozin Mimenu Bekole Kolot, that the way in which the body will come out, meaning during the time of Tahiyatametim, it will as well be with, with a loud noise and voices that will ring out describing the resurrection of the dead, the Tahiyat HaMetim. Effectively, what this Gemara, Rashi, and Masechet Sanhedrin, and Daf Zayin explains, is kind of referencing is the fact that we have Pesukim that describe how in the future, Tahiyat HaMetim, Aharit HaYamim, will be brought forth by the sounding of a shofar. That's the kole kolot we're referring to in the future. When the ground brings forth, sprouts bodies again, will have sounds of shofar. And that's what the description is in the Gemara. Mikan says the Gemara in conclusion, Teshubala Omerim and Tahiyat HaMetim in HaTorah. Now it's not per se a proof that there's Tahiyat HaMetim. It certainly is, and it's a derasha. But to a certain extent, it's a way of saying the Gemara says, this is how you can and should talk to someone who can't understand, who won't in their mind bring forth an idea rationally of Tahiyat HaMetim. Speak to it from this Pasuk. The Gemara in Sanhedrin has many other Pesukim that can be a springboard to conversation about Hayata Metim. It is a large part of our tradition. It's the very beginning of the Amidah, we speak about resurrection of the dead. What about that shofar for just a moment to focus on that? Why does there need to be a shofar? What does the shofar represent during the time of Tahiyat HaMetim that makes it appropriate for us to understand that as dead people are coming to life, well, of course, there's going to be a shofar. Shofar, the sounding of the shofar, the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, and we all experience it, 
uh, likens it to the cries of a, of a person. Cries of a person, cries of a baby, oftentimes come forth during times of a new beginning. A baby is born and they're crying. We cry during times where our lives are spared. Crying is representative to a large extent of something that's rebirth, a new opportunity. Tehiyat HaMetim, in turn, will be brought forth during a time in which there's something new. There's a new inspiration, a new beginning, a new opportunity that's in turn designated by the sound of the shofar. Says the Gemara onward, Taner bi Osha'aya, Kameh de Rava. Rabbi Osha'aya taught the following Tanaic statement in front of Rava. Uchtav tam. Pasuk at the end of Kiryat Shema says, you should write these words on the posts of your door. Of course, the reference to mezuzah, mezuzot betecho bisharecha. Hakol bichtav. The derashah over here is that the pasuk says, uchtav tam. Now we know that word tam. Yaakov ish tam yoshev ohalim. Tam is something that's complete. It might be simple, but it's also something that's complete. Tamim is tamim tiye im Adonai Elohecha. You should be complete. So the reference in term, we read it as vekatav tam. You should write uchtov tam, complete. Hakol bichtav. You should write everything in the mezuzah. What do you mean everything in the mezuzah? Afilu sabaot, even the commands. What does that mean? After all, in your mezuzah, it's going to say, Ve'ahavta Adonai Lecha Bechodavavicha Bechonavshecha Bechomeodecha Ve'ayu Adivarim Ha'ela and so on and so forth. Now you get up to Ukshatam Le'ot Aliyadecha. Are you going to write that in your mezuzah? That's a command. That's not representative of how I understand God. That's a command. You write that in your, in your mezuzah? And then afterwards it says, And write these words on your wall. You're going to write that in your mezuzah? The derasha here in the Gemara is uchtavtam, uchtovtam. Write the whole passage. Afilu savaot, even the commands. That sounds funny. That's the halakha. The halakha is that our mezuzah is going to, and by extension our tefillin, are going to have the full passage written out. No, only the theological, philosophical love of God, connectedness, and understand these words. No, even the commands. Amar the response of Ravat Rabbi Osha'aya is, who would say this? Who would be the author of such a bariyata? Says the Gemara Rabbi Udahi Damar Gabesota Alot, Kotev, Savaot, Eno Kotev. Interestingly, in the context of Sota, Sota, of course, is the wayward woman. The, the Torah in Parashat Nasot describes, if a man suspects a woman because he found her secluded with another man and he gave her, his wife, a warning, in such a circumstance, there's a long process, an elaborate process, in order to check her whether she was promiscuous or not with regards to her fidelity to her husband. And among, uh, along that path, what the Kohen does in the Mishkan, once upon a time, was he writes certain things on a piece of paper, as explained by Parashat Naso at the beginning, and then he takes that parchment and he puts it into water. Now, on that parchment, what does he write? Does he write everything? Does he write and the Kohen writes? In other words, the passage in the Torah explains the commands as well. Says Rabbi Huda, this is what alot the curses. In other words, it says, if you are doing the wrong, did the wrong thing, you will be cursed. That kotev, the Kohen writes that on the parchment. Savaot, the commands. In other words, it doesn't just say those curses, it also says what the Kohen's supposed to do. Does he write that on the parchment? Enokotev. Wait a second, that seems like the opposite of what you just told me. Over here in our context of Kiryat Shema, you say, you write the whole Kiryat Shema in the mezuzah, in the tefillin. Over there by Sotah, you say, whose opinion might we be following? Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah over there says, you write just the content part, not the instruction part. What he told us, the opposite. 
התמוד הכתיב, וכתב את העלות האלה. אבל אחד הכתיב, וכתב תם, אפילו סבאות נמא. Perhaps the דירשה, the דיוק of רבי יהודה goes like this. In Kiryat Shema it says, Uchtavtam. How did we a moment ago explain that word? Uchtavtam, Uchtovtam, right? Complete. That's why by Kiryat Shema you write the whole thing. If the Torah just said, Vikatav, it would mean the statements, but not the Savaot. That in turn is why Rabbi Yehuda, whereas by Sota he says, not the Savaot, just the Alot, by Kiryat Shema, Uchtavtam teaches us otherwise. Says the Gemara, Atu Tamid, Rabbi Yehuda, Mishum Dikhti Vikatav. Wait a second, did you think? I mean, it's a very nice derasha, but it's not Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda didn't derive his concept that you write the alot, the curses of the sota, but not the savaot, the commands to her and to the kohen, because it says vikatav, ta'amed Rabbi Yehuda mishum dikhtiv alot. Alot in, savaot lo. The Gemara says the reason is because the Torah says in Parashat Naso, what does the Kohen write? He writes, Vechatav et ha'alot ha'elet. The Torah says explicitly, he writes the alot, which means to say in turn that the word uchtavtam need not be a derashav ketivat tamah. Even if the Torah says vechatav, it would mean everything, and it's quite the opposite of Rabbi Yudah. Answers the Gemara, istarich, nonetheless, the truth is Rabbi Yudah came from vechatav as opposed but you need alot as well. Salkada atachamina. You would have perhaps thought to think nelef. We should learn ketiva ketiva mehatam. We we'll learn from a gezerah shava. The Torah says ketiva right over there, and it says right over here. There being sota, here being mezuzah and tefillin. The mezuzah specifically, and the same way over there it says explicitly alot. You only write the content, not the instruction, not the tzavaot. So too by mezuzah, perhaps it's as well so. Mahatam alot in tzavaot lo. The same way by sota, you would have thought to say you only write the content, not the instruction. So too over here, tzavaot lo. Maybe you wouldn't write the instruction. Katav rahmanat. For that reason, the Torah tells us, uchtavtam, to tell us that it's different over here, that ketivatama afilu tzavaot, the entire. Says the Gemara, one last passage. Tane Rav Ovadia Kame de Rava. Rav Ovadia taught in front of Rava the following from a Tanaic source. Vilimadetem, Shiehe Limudecha Tam. Limadetem, the Torah says, you should teach your children. The Derashaya is the teaching and the reading of Kiryat Sheba should be Tam should be complete as well. What does it mean for our teaching and our reading to be complete? Sheiten Revach Ben Hadivekim. You should pause, you should give space in between letters and words that could wrongfully become connected. What sort of situations? Where is it that in Kiryat Shema you need to stop and pause and make certain you're having that revah, that space in between things that could become connected? Ane Rava Batre. Rava responded after Rava Ovadya. He told him, I have examples of such. For example, Kigon, Al Levavecha. If you don't pause in between the two, it sounds like one word, al-levavecha, because the lamid of al and the lamid of levavecha can become squeezed one into the other. Al-levavechem. Bechol levavecha. Bechol levavechem. Eseb besadecha. Va'avadetem mehera. Hakanaf petil. Etchem me'eret. Each of those circumstances are situations, explained Rava, where if you don't pause in between, you won't appropriately read the words. You'll read them as one. You read Esip Now, there is something interesting in this context. It's in the book 
um, written by Torah Temima. He has a book called, he has a book, uh, ba, uh, Makor Baruch. And in it, he talks about the proper pronunciation of words. Hamvadia Yosef is, is fond of quoting this passage. He cites this Gemara among several other sources and ideas along these lines to support uh, maybe the Svaradi Havara, the way that uh, they pronounce words. Because Esev Besadecha, if you don't read the Bet as Eseb, if you don't have some, you know, where Syrians very often will read all bits in such a fashion, then there would be no fear. If you read it, Esev Besadecha, so then they won't become combined one with the other. It appears from our Gemara, that and several other sources, as if the way in which the rabbis were once reading it was Esev, that the bet was sounded the same, or, or there was no vet, and as a result it was in such a fashion. Tosafot cites from Rif, giving a few other examples of ideas where you should properly and appropriately um, dic- uh, uh, say the words. For example, says Tosafot Rav Alfas Mosif, Kigon Vehara Af. If you read Vehara Af altogether, it sounds like Vaharaf. The haraf means to curse. Over here it means God will become angered. In each of those circumstances, the pause, the space, will make all the difference in terms of the understanding of the words. Lastly, says Tosafot, You need to say because if it sounds like it's a very different meaning. means you'll remember. Tiskeru means you'll be rewarded. It will be if it sounds like a sin. And that's a big issue. If you say tiskeru, it's going to sound like you should do the mitzvot so that you get sachar reward. The Mishnah at the beginning of tells us we're not supposed to worship God in order to receive reward. Rather, tiskeru means to remember. What we learned in the Gemara then today, we finished up, we wrapped up the issue of um, the halacha with regards to reading and making certain that you listen, and how it applies similarly to all the other mitzvot. We talked afterwards about the Pesach Halacha, both in that and in the next issue of being midakdek be'otiyotea. And lastly, we talked about this concept of being noten revach between words and appropriately pronouncing them so that you don't make mistakes with regards to the way that it sounds. For example, the Gemara told us words in which one ends with the same letter that the next one begins. Tosafot from Rif gave us several other examples. Tizkeru um, and uh, many, af among others. It's important as we read Kiryat to pause, to reflect and make certain that the words are, dict- are, are, are um, articulated by us in the appropriate way so that the words that come out of our mouth mean what we want them to mean as opposed to something else.